Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday night. Okay. Um, anyways, so that means we're going to do some news stories today. Um, none of them are particularly exciting. Well, I guess they're all exciting, but just depends on what you find exciting, I guess. Uh, go over to notarealpodcast.com. That's where you can get all the merch, the stories. I've got to update it still. It's still super outdated, but I've got to update it. But I'll do it. I promise I'll do it at some point. But <clears throat> go there. <coughs> Excuse me. RedemptionTactical.com. Use that link. That link right there on the screen. This one right here. Uh, use that link, and uh, that lets them know that we sent you. Also a sponsor this week, guess ghoststoves.com. Because when you need the ultimate attachment for your illegal AR-15, if you live in Illinois, uh, the gas stove underbarrel cartridge thing works great. Uh, it's 100% biodegradable plastic. It's 3D printed, and uh, I don't know. It checks all the boxes, I guess. So, ghostos.com. Woo! <laughs> it's still stupid. It's not. It's, it's, eh, it's funny. It's definitely funny. The the whole, like, bit about it under the gun, that's stupid. It's not as stupid as USA Today, but still, still pretty stupid. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Janita the meme whore. Uh, there's that link right there. If you need it in the comments, if you're on Facebook. Uh, oh, also brought to you by NWA's newest album, Fucking the Police. Did that one last week, too. Or the other day, whatever it was. Find us on all these platforms, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. It is not a real veterans caucus. Leading Libertarians Veteran Issues, Leading Veterans and Libertarian Solutions. Go check them out. They got a website and everything. It's pretty dope. There's some of our merch. Ban exorcisms. Life begins a possession. Ban assault government. Libertarian party. Hashtag anarchy lube. Ban exorcism. Life begins a possession. And still fucking the police. All right. So we're actually going to cover that news story tonight and a few others because holy shit, it was the craziest fucking two weeks of my existence since I had to cancel last week's show. Uh, Here's the news articles. All right. What do we want to start with? What do we want to start with? Uh, this is super organized. Secret documents. Secret documents. We can start with that one. No, no, no. We got to start with the really trolly meme stuff first. So, husband of the Tennessee cop who was fired for sexual escapades might not have been on board with the swinger lifestyle, says Fox News. Uh, yeah, I don't think if she was sneaking behind his back, I don't think he was on board with it. Anyways, the husband of a Tennessee police officer who was fired after accusations she had sexual escapades with multiple male colleagues may not have been supportive of her salacious lifestyle. Shocker. Uh, An internal investigation carried out by the Laverne Police Department last month found former patrol officer Megan Hall was having undisclosed sexual relations with multiple male colleagues. I wonder if she had disclosed it first, if it would have been okay. Probably. 
Like no, I, no, no, they have a thing, no fraternization. But it says undisclosed sexual relations. Like cops get married all the time. Right. But it wasn't getting married. She fucked half the unit. Well, I mean still. I mean you think cops don't fuck before they get married? It wasn't a one on one. I don't know. Do you see the issue? Eh. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, that's what I'm trying to figure out is like, if they had dis- if she had like told them like, hey, I've been fucking a bunch of dudes. I need a disclosure agreement or whatever. I don't know. Anyways, we're off topic. Uh, including rendezvousing while on duty. That's what got her. Yeah, fucking on, at work. That's yeah. what got her. The probe led to the firing of five officers, including Hall, and the suspension of three officers. So we're up to nine. Uh, the investigation. I wonder if that's five officers, including her. Oh, it does, including Hall. Yeah. Apparently, I'm, I can't read worth the shit. So it's eight, not nine. So I want to correct myself there. The investigation said Hall told her colleague she was in an open marriage, but her husband, identified by the New York Post, as Jedediah Hall may not have been supportive of her extramarital realms. Look, I'm just going to be honest. She's not that horrible. Um, she put up with a man named Jedediah for years. Just saying. The investigation published December 28th details what allegedly played out as a party when Hall allegedly walked in on his wife, kissing the wife of former Laverne patrol officer, Patrick Malicio, or whatever. Hall and that guy's wife started kissing, and Hall's husband came in the room and seemed upset, the report states. The following day, see, yeah, yeah. See, that should have told you right there. You see your girl kissing another girl, and you get upset. Ain't no way he was cool with that. Yeah. Oh, Jedediah. Oh, Jedediah. You old Mormon fuck. <laughs> he really wasn't on board, Hall reportedly told. Uh, whatever. I can't say this name. Magil Oko? Magil Oko? Also admitted to having sex with Hall on numerous occasions, according to the investigation. Jedediah Hall is a park ranger in Tennessee and married his wife back in 2018. Oh. So they ain't been married long. That's what four years, five years now. Hmm. Red flags, bro. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the biggest red flag? Five red flags. <laughs> well, no, three others are suspended too. So wouldn't it be like eight red flags? Yeah. Yeah. Multiple times. Sometimes all at once. And I'm not going to keep going too far into this story because it's not super important. I like this story because it just goes to show if you want to make the change in the world, sometimes all you got to do is say, fuck the police and then actually do it and take down almost half a fucking police department in Laverne, Tennessee. Yeah, no, we're not going to keep going over that. It's just, it's just goofy shit now. Yeah, it says the scandal has left the Nashville suburb reeling. The with the police chief vowing to rebuild trust with the community. Jokes on you. There was never any trust. <laughs> yeah. Jokes on you, bud. We never trust you in the first place. However, 
there's been a lot of interest in police academies. <laughs> As it turns out, for the first time in 15 years, the police academy's been getting lit up. Huh, it's crazy. Anyways, so we're going to go over the next goofy piece of news. Before we get into like the really hard and depressing shit, Sorry. she's uh she's Sorry. watching the Vikings lose. Sorry, she says. Sorry. Uh, Politico says four things to know about the gas stove frenzy. So the media storm surrounding gas stoves has shined a light on the environmental effects of the appliances and existing policies governing them. Here's what to know. Conservatives have discovered a new punching bag, the idea of a federal ban on gas stoves. But what is the Biden administration really planning? And how would any rules on gas stoves affect emissions and intersect with existing local policy? Oh, I regret this. The notion of a federal ban began with comments by one of the counselor, uh, cons- mm, by one of the Consumer Product Safety Commission's five members, Richard Trumka Jr., who said the agency should develop new regulations on gas stove emissions and should not rule out an end to the sale of the product. Hmm. The prompted prominent Republican... <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is this, an ad-lib? The prompted prominent Republicans... It's a lot of peace. Imagine having a lisp on that one, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, computer recovered. Uh, the The... The, 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 that prompted prominent Republicans and oil and gas allies to blast the move, calling it an archetypal. Uh, archetypal? Yep. An archetypal example of liberal meddling. God, I can't read tonight. Of liberal meddling while frequently mischaracterizing the idea as a ban on owning gas stoves rather than selling them. Didn't California pass a law saying in 2030 no gasoline cars be allowed to be sold in the state of California to prevent people from owning gas cars? They're looking to ban it through obsolete. So wouldn't this classify as the same thing? Like if you're banning the sale of something new you're expecting it to go out of existence hmm just yeah we're just all liars now among the critics yeah. were senator joe manchin democrat of west virginia who said a gas stove ban would be a recipe for disaster in a tuesday post on twitter so i mean like here's my question right would that still be a commercial ban like, would they ban stoves in restaurants, like gas stoves? Because here's the thing. Do you think, can you think of a single restaurant that has a electric stove? I've worked in restaurants. I've never, ever heard of an electric stove in a, in a restaurant setting. Because it's just not as effective. <sighs> I don't know. That'd be interesting to look into, though. Federal officials and the White House have reportedly quashed the possibility of a ban. The commission is planning a public input session 
on hazards associated with gas stove emissions as it looks for quote unquote ways to reduce related indoor air quality hazards. CPSC Chair Alexander Hohen Sark said this week in a statement. But to be clear, I am not looking to ban gas stoves, and the CPSC has no proceeding to do so. Yeah, so anyways, uh, the ATF has no proceeding to ban anything, and they ban shit all the fucking time. So guess what? We don't fucking trust you, bud. It all sounds like a lot of bullshit. Who's using gas stoves? I want to know what political things people are using. So let's do it. As of 2020, about 38% of the country's households use natural gas for cooking, according to census data from the U.S. Energy Information uh, Administration. There is a wide degree of regional variation, though. In four states, New Jersey, California, Illinois, and New York, approximately 60 to 70% of houses cook with gas. The percentage falls below 20% in nine of the states, mostly located in the south. Uh, Nationally, electricity remains the largest source of energy for cooking. If you're talking about houses, yes, because houses can use electric stovetops. Restaurants cannot. Of the 123 million U.S. households surveyed by the census, more than half, 65 million, said that they that when they use their range, the oven and stove, electricity was the most used source of power. The census data also hits at a correlation between income and cooking fuels. Oh, here we go. Poor people can't, elect, uh, can't afford uh, propane. Or natural gas, whatever. Uh, shows that electricity is twice as likely to be the most used range fuel for households, making between approximately 5,000 or less annually to as much as 99,000. Above the 99,000 income level, gas's share of the market begins to creep upward. Gas is also more... See, this is so fucking stupid. Now they're going to make it uh, like an example of why... We should all now just be poor. Like, oh, we can't afford gas stoves. It should be banned. Look at these fucking rich people. Be poor like the rest of us. I mean, obviously, like, that's a stupid fucking argument. But I like how slick they're doing it. Like, they're, they're trying to embed that information. Like, only rich people have gas stoves. Like, uh, like people won't notice it. Oh, my God. And then they go into explaining what the fuck a ga- an electric stove is. Holy shit. Traditionally, electric stoves work by transferring heat into a coil, which glows redder as it warms. Smooth top stoves are a sleeker, more modern version, and the burners are a flat surface rather than a coil. Electric induction stoves, which require magnetic pans to transfer their heat, are generally regarded as the priciest, flashiest, and highest capacity version, the Tesla of cooking equipment. So yeah, we're not going to... So I'm just reading through this real quick, and all I'm saying is like, Stop being such a poor person. Or or they're saying be more of a poor person. Because they're talking about like the kinds of buildings that have natural gas versus electric stoves. 
That's whack. Yeah, so they're talking about essentially lying about talking about banning gas stoves. Um, they leak this stuff all the time just so they can see the public's reaction. So they can say, oh, people don't like the idea of us banning gas stoves? Okay, guess we'll do it then. Yeah, that's how it works. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't sneak it into some bill here in the next few months. Like, oh no, we didn't know what was in it. We didn't read it first. So here's another one from the Atlantic. This is also an off-topic article here. But it's called, Why Some Students Are Skipping College. Because they're smart. Because they don't want to die poor. A new crop of Americans simply doesn't want to take on debt. Legal challenges now stand in the way of President Joe Biden's plan to cancel thousands of dollars in education loans for millions of Americans. That's super vague. I'll I'll allow it. But that's not really true. Uh, As a professor focused on debt and inequality, hmm, I'm rooting for the plan to succeed. But I'm also concerned that it does nothing to address the problem in higher education that is scaring off a new generation of potential students. Over the past three and a half years, okay, so this is written by uh, Jody Adams Kirshner, so that's why it's like in first person. Uh, Over the past three and a half years, I've been talking with more than 30 low-income students. That's, oh my God, 30 in three years? Huge sample size. 30 people in three and a half years. I talked to like 30 people in a fucking day and could probably ask the same questions. Jesus Christ. 30 low-income students. Been talking with more than 30 low-income students and their families from across the country about their attitudes towards student debt and their past after high school. Contrary to my expressions, many told me they were enrolling in in inexpensive two-year colleges or eschewing higher education entirely, which is good. As we all know, community college provides actual life skills. Uh, You'll get things like trade schools. You'll get um, more grounded professors. You're not going to get the the theoretical hyperbolic bullshit that you get in a university. You get more of a real education because two-year... Typically, community colleges are designed to just put you back into the workforce with a trade or something. Um, Like the community colleges that I had gone to before I went to get my four-year degree, all the professors I had were super cool. All of them um, were super humble and super down-to-earth. I remember uh, one of my IT professors was from Trinidad, and he and I would just sit there and talk about the island half the class. Learned a lot. Got great skills. Also learned how to network with people, people that were considered above my pay grade, learned how to talk to these people and develop life skills. College, however, no, not so much. It is think how we think, do what we tell you to do, and you'll survive the the bullshit. These interviews suggest that some families forced to borrow money just to cover the basic cost of living are not willing to borrow yet more money for educational reasons, even if it would give them access to skilled jobs and better salaries in the future. Not really true. Their fear is rational under current circumstances. I say it's not true 
for the simple fact that college doesn't own doesn't guarantee shit. It doesn't guarantee a better job. It doesn't even guarantee a high-paying job. I know tons of people who work at McDonald's with a four-year bachelor's. It doesn't guarantee shit. So asking people to gamble with their life and tens of thousands of dollars is stupid. And this is just what I'm talking about. This is a college professor who... Who doesn't understand where Americans are? Americans aren't going to college because it's not working for them. Why would you go get a bachelor's degree, spend sixty thousand dollars just to still work hourly somewhere? Fuck. That's what I do. I work hourly at a shop somewhere, and I have took out sixty thousand dollars in debt to pay for my college. So much good that's just doing me. And that's a lot of Americans. A lot of Americans feel the exact same way. Most people aren't lucky enough to get in the first door to get the experience they need to get somewhere. A lot of companies now are asking for like 10 years of experience at an entry-level job. That degree ain't going to do you shit. As I traveled to different states, I met low-income high school graduates like Olivia Hall, who grew up watching her mother struggle to pay off her loans and vowed not to fall into the same trap. Hall considered charging up... A charging tuition to a credit card rather than borrowing, but ultimately skipped college. She works at a sandwich shop now. Charlie Andre asked friends and family to donate to her GoFundMe campaign to save up money for the University of Illinois, Chicago. After turning down an offer from the more expensive Northwestern University to retain a few thousand dollars. Many others, such as Maya Muhajid, are lured away from education by 17 an hour jobs at warehouses and big box stores. You were lured away for $17 an hour? I think that's an excuse. You ain't saying, oh, I'll turn this down for $17 an hour. Baby, that's not $35,000 a year. (laughs) The American higher education system appears broken for all but the most well-off. Selective colleges are receiving more applications than ever before, fueling the impression that Americans of all sorts are aiming for the elite college experience. But the rise of applications is partly the result of the same students sending applications to more schools, as a recent report shows. Already stretched families hesitate to extend themselves more. Students who borrow for the higher education but fail to complete their degrees struggle the most to pay back the money. This group includes disproportionately high numbers of people of color and low-income individuals. Among those enrolled full-time, 40% of black students and 54% of Latino students do not obtain a bachelor's degree within six years. Compared with about two-thirds of white students, almost half of the students from families with incomes below $35,000 fail to graduate within the same period. Compared with less than a third of families from income above $75,000 students who drop out default on student loans at a rate three times higher than those who graduate. Families who fail to make payments on college debt risk their wages being garnished, their income tax refunds being withheld, and their credit scores being lowered, which can make it difficult to obtain leases and can lead to higher interest rates on other loans. A lot to unpack. All right, so, yes, uh, we knew that 
more black men drop out than any other group of students on a college campus. Um, the majority of the black community that's graduating are black females. Um, Latinos, I don't know what the breakdown is there. I believe it's the same. Majority men are dropping out and majority of women are graduating. Um, and we knew that more impoverished kids typically were dropping out because um, they don't have the ability for long-term stability. Um, so kids coming from low-income housing or lower-income households, I should say, typically see the first opportunity as the best opportunity. So whatever they can make a bunch of money on to survive is usually the best option because that's what they're used to. That's what they've done for a long time. Um, And this, this isn't really showing what they think it does. This shows that fewer kids need to go to college. Stop wasting your money on going to college. If you're seeing this many people drop out, and then the repercussion is that you're still stuck with massive amounts of debt and no magical corporate job, like in some office somewhere, making $300,000 a year. It, yeah, you're, it's good. It's going to suck because you're going to now have to pay these bills. And it's going to make it worse to buy a car, buy a house, whatever. So it, it's showing exactly what students are seeing, which is why you shouldn't just jump onto this idea of going to college. I always said, go to college if it's for you. It's not for everybody. 90% of the country probably shouldn't go to college. I'm being completely honest. It's probably 90 to 80% of Americans should never go to college for the simple reason that it's not for everybody. The amount of people who can go just go to a trade school versus like a four-year university should dramatically outweigh universities. Like there should be tons and tons of people going to trade school because every shop I know of is hiring mechanics. There were in a dire need for plumbers, electricians, construction workers, linemen, um, uh, cell tower workers. I mean, anything that requires you to carry a tool, all of those industries are struggling to hire people and they're paying astronomical rates. I know welders that make well over a quarter of a million, a quarter of a million dollars a year. Well over it. But yet we still think that going to college is the right thing because that's what the government wants. The government pushes kids into college so that they're stuck in these debt programs and or stuck in debt and looking for these programs from the government to get them out of it. It's stupid. It's, I mean, it's not stupid. It's brilliant on their, on their behalf. It's stupid on our part. Oh, but yeah. I mean, and it goes into talking about the whole race and poverty thing for a little bit and then it's done. So but we just covered all that. All right. So we're going to go over kind of the big news article right now, which is the Joe Biden, I lost my car keys next to my classified documents thing. Uh. <coughs> Let's see. Sorry about that. <clears throat> so this is a time article. Biden's classified documents, a timeline of what we know so far. 
Classified documents dating back to the Obama administration keep turning up in President Joe Biden's personal workspaces, beginning with 10 documents found in November, days before the election, to six additional documents discovered at the president's home in Delaware this week. The Justice Department has opened an investigation into whether the classified documents, which are supposed to remain in secure locations tracked by the National Archives, were mishandled. Uh, if any federal laws were violated, uh, details about how many total classified documents were discovered and their contents remain unclear. I mean, technically, Joe Biden could just classify all this as classified, and then that would be it. Right? I mean, like, he has the ability to declassify and classify anything he wishes. So, technically, he could classify this as classified. And then we'll all, we'll just find the evidence in six months lying next to his Corvette on the other side. I mean, he, he's apparently like classified documents don't mean the same to presidents that it does to like the entire rest of the government. Um, cause you got, I mean, like, look, we know Trump had classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, not a shocker. Joe Biden left a bunch of papers that say classified on it hanging out. He's old and senile. Of course it was going to fucking happen. They're both old and fucking senile. I mean, they probably thought it was their, their lunch menu and they just threw it in the corner. Um, but I don't understand how they're able to just retain these documents, you know? I mean, like, I'll, every time I've ever seen classified documents, they're usually required to stay within that facility or they're accounted for within 48 hours. It's along those two lines. It's like each each place has their own SOP on classified documents. But typically it's not like, oh, just take this home and we'll see it whenever we see it. I don't know. It's weird. But I think it says more about the system than it does anything. It just shows how stupid we are all. We all are for thinking that any of this matters. Uh, but the situation... It's eerily reminiscent of former Do President Donald J. Trump's possession of classified documents first discovered at his Florida home in June. Biden condemned Trump's actions and supported the special counsel investigation into the former president's handling of the documents, which began just two weeks before the first batch of Biden's classified documents were discovered. So are they going to convene a special counsel to investigate Joe Biden, too? Because... I don't know that I trust the Justice Department, you know? Like, the Justice Department is run by Joe Biden. Not certain those are the people I want investigating. That's like eternal affairs for a police department, right? Like, oh, we, we, we you know, we did an investigation, and yes, we found out that him shooting that unarmed man was totally fine. There's no reason we should be sued. Don't attack our pensions. It's okay. Um... Yeah, it's going to be the same thing with the Justice Department investigating it. They're going to say, oh, there was no wrongdoing. These weren't actually classified. I give it, a, I give it two weeks. Two weeks, and they're like, they either completely brush it under the rug and say, um, oh, none of this was classified. It was all fine. Or what's more interesting is that then... 
or the, oh, the other option is that they completely blow this up into a massive investigation, a massive ordeal, and they run Joe Biden out of office like they've been wanting to do so that they can run literally any other Democrat on the planet that remembers what day of the week it is. If you remember when, when Joe Biden first got elected, I had said that they were going to oust him. That was something that was going to happen, that they were going to oust Joe Biden because they didn't want him there. They actually never wanted him there. They felt like he was a safe vote, which is what he was. A lot of people voted for him because he was the safe vote. As it turns out, nobody likes the fucking guy. So now they're going to oust him. They're going to force him to not run again and pick who they want to. The timing of the discoveries also raises questions about why the investigation, which began one day after the midterm elections that the Democratic Party was forced to lose, were kept quiet for so long. It wasn't until last week when news investigations revealed the, that the discoveries that were that the White House publicly acknowledged the case. Well, maybe it's because the news organizations are 100% working with the White House. They're all working together. To promulgate this bullshit. People know I take classified documents and classified material seriously, Biden said at a briefing on Thursday, adding that he was cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. Apparently, you don't take classified documents that seriously because they were found next to your fucking Corvette in the garage, but that is not a secure facility by any definition. Uh, November 2nd, Biden's private attorney unexpectedly discovered the first collection of about 10 classified documents from the Obama-Biden administration in a locked closet at the Penn-Biden Center office in Washington, D.C. A think tank that Biden founded, Biden began working at the office occasionally in 2017 after his vice presidency ended. Uh, Following statutory requirements, the documents were voluntarily turned over to the National Archives and Records Administration. On November 4th, NARA, which is the National Archives and Records Administration, informed the Justice Department about the revelation. Midterm elections were <clears throat> midterm elections where the Democratic Party was favored to lose its congressional majority took place a few days later on November 8th. On November 9th, the FBI began an inquiry into whether any laws were broken and of if classified information was mishandled. Several days later on, November 14th, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland assigned John Lash, U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Illinois, to the case to determine if a special counsel was needed, blah, 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 blah. Essentially, they go through the entire thing of very, very well-polished bullshit. Um... I don't know that I buy any of this. I'm just fully assuming an intern walked in on it and was like, oh, well, what should we do with this stuff? And everyone was like, shut the fuck up. Don't worry about it. And then that intern took that material to the police and was like, hey, I found this just laying around. And they were like, oh, yeah, we'll do something about it. They turned into the FBI and the FBI sat on it. Wouldn't be that surprising. We all know that the FBI, CIA, DHS, NSA, and any other three-letter agency you can think of was telling Twitter to censor information. So it's not that surprising. So, uh, to do, do, to do. And so here is the important takeaway from this, right? So 
what we're going to see is moving forward is what's important, is what everyone should keep an eye on, not, you know, how many documents are found or why they were found or how or where or whatever, right? The important thing to keep an eye on is why they're finding these documents now after the midterms and going into the election cycle for the presidency, right? Donald Trump's already announced. We're starting to see these whispers and talks of who's going to run, who's going to run here, who's going to run there. They time this almost too well for it to not be something they have planned forward. They're going to drag this out right up to the election, and they're going to just basically force Joe Biden to say, I'm not running again, so they can put someone in that spot. Mark my words, January 15th, 2023, bootleg said they will force him out of office. They will force him to not run again. They will drag this out and drag this out and drag this out, and they will pile other shit on top of him. They'll just keep piling shit and piling shit until eventually he says, Oh, Corn Pop said I can't run again. He's a bad dude. I'm going to go drive my Corvette. Let's park next to the classified documents. Mmm. Ice cream. Pudding. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, that's that's it. That's all I'm going to cover tonight. I went that quick. Oh, well. But for the first time being back in yeah, about a month, it's been pretty good. I enjoy being back. I know y'all think I'm, y'all enjoy me being back. That's why you're watching. Or you, or you come because you're a hater. That's fine too. But anyways, uh, I'm going to go finish watching some football. Go Dallas. I'm not even playing right now. Weird. You're not even playing right now. Yes, I am. No, she's not. Anyways. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I love you all. Good night. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. This is a happy hammer. Um, so, uh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Good night. Good news. And uh, peace. I'll see you motherfuckers on oh, no! Thursday. She's very upset about me ending the show. <laughs> very upset. She's not happy. Um Who's our guest on Thursday? Lions of Liberty, right? Yes, Brian McWilliams. Brian McWilliams. Wasn't there a news anchor, Brian Williams? Uh, not Mick Williams. Yeah, Mick Williams. Brian Williams. Okay. Anyways. He's a uh, McDonald's version of Brian Williams. <laughs> the McDonald's. Can I get a McWilliams? Can I get a McWilliams? I'm telling that joke on Thursday. And the McDonald's version of Brian Williams. It's Brian McWilliams. Oh, Big Mac. All the Big Mac sauce and none of the buns. Because white? Wow. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. <laughs> All right. Anyways, good night, good liberty, good news, and uh, go Dallas. Peace out. Love you. Bye.